Today, President Obama has a sealed deal with Iran. He has the 34 votes needed from Democrats in the Senate. He overcame ferocious opposition, but secured a legacy-defining foreign policy victory today. Senate Democrats clinched the necessary votes to ensure the Iran nuclear agreement survives in Congress. That decisive 34th commitment needed came from a woman, Maryland Democrat Barbara Mikulski. She's retiring next year. She's been in the Senate three decades. In a statement, she said, quote, No deal is perfect, especially one negotiated with the Iranian regime. But she called the pact, quote, the best option available to block Iran from having a nuclear bomb. Now, here is what Senator Kerry, our Secretary of State, excuse me, Secretary of State Kerry, uh, had to say regarding the Iran deal and echoing those very sentiments of that senator. As early as next week, Congress will begin voting on whether to support that plan. And the outcome will matter as much as any foreign policy decision in recent history. Like Senator Luger, President Obama and I are convinced beyond any reasonable doubt that the framework that we have put forward will get the job done. And in that assessment, we have excellent company. The record is irrefutable that over the course of two American administrations, it was the United States that led the world in assembling against Tehran one of the toughest international sanctions regimes ever developed. But we also have to face an obvious fact. Sanctions alone were not getting the job done, not even close. They were failing to slow, let alone halt, Iran's relentless march towards a nuclear weapons capability. So President Obama acted. He reaffirmed his vow that Iran would absolutely not be permitted to have a nuclear weapon. He marshaled support for this principle from every corner of the international community. He made clear his determination to go beyond what sanctions could accomplish and find a way to not only stop, but to throw into reverse Iran's rapid expansion of its nuclear program. Judge for yourself the difference between where we were two years ago and where we are now and where we can be in the future. Without this agreement, Iran's so-called breakout time was about two months. With this agreement, it will increase by a factor of six to at least a year, and it will remain at that level for a decade or more. Without this agreement, the Iranians would have several potential pathways to a bomb. With it, they won't have any. And I want to share with you something. Um, There was an op-ed by one of our congressional members with regard to this deal. And I feel that this is perhaps one of the most lucid explanations of why this deal should be supported. And by the way, polling in July shows that most Americans uh, do support this. This is Senator Martin Heinrich, 
Senator Heinrich is a Democrat. He's from the great state of New Mexico. Many of you listening know him. Uh, And this was entitled, Iran Deal is a Historic Opportunity. Um, Let let me share it with you. I can do it uh, within time. And I say it because I I feel it, it just clearly outlines and explains why we need to support this, even though we've been told this over and over. Listen to this. In the first decade of the century, when we were entangled in the war in Iraq, Iran's nuclear program surged ahead rapidly, adding thousands of centrifuges, building complex nuclear facilities, and stockpiling highly enriched uranium. In the absence of real negotiations and before the most recent sanctions, Iran built a nuclear infrastructure that went from 164 centrifuges in 2003 to 19,000 centrifuges today and included large quantities of 20% enriched uranium that could quickly be enriched to weapons-grade material. When evaluating the deal we achieved with our allies and partners to prevent Iran from being able to build a nuclear weapon, context, data, and details like these matter. Perhaps the most critical data point. Without a deal, and here it is, folks, it is a sentence. You don't need to read the agreement. This is a sentence. I said this on television this morning. I will say it over and over. It is a sentence, which is why you got to support this. Without a deal... Iran could acquire enough highly enriched material for a bomb in 60 to 90 days. In other words, without this deal, in two to three months, Israel could be a real target. Within 60 to 90 days without this deal, the threat of use of nuclear weapons is perhaps more than a threat. Now, with a deal, Iran must reduce its stockpile by 98%. It must cut its number of centrifuges by two-thirds, and it must allow 24-7 inspections and continuous monitoring of its nuclear infrastructure. And further, a mechanism is also in place that will allow inspections of the sites if we suspect this covert action being taken to build a bomb anywhere else in Iran. This accord breaks each path to a weaponized nuclear device including any potential covert effort. We should welcome each of those developments as major steps toward regional and international security. Now he writes, I have studied both the science and the politics of the nuclear age world we live in from an early age. I grew up listening to my father who served in the Navy in the 50s tell what it was like to watch a nuclear blast firsthand and to see the formation of a mushroom cloud over the atoll in the Marshall Islands. While studying engineering at the University of Missouri, I worked at one of the largest research reactors in the United States more recently. I've seen the centrifuges dedicated to the peaceful production of nuclear energy, which are housed in New Mexico. In the House and now on the Senate Armed Services Committee, I have served on the Strategic Forces Subcommittee, which sets policy on nonproliferation and our nuclear deterrent. I also served on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, where I have received numerous briefings on Iran's nuclear program and capabilities, so I am well acquainted with the steps necessary to successfully construct a nuclear weapon and to detect such activity. The comprehensive, long-term deal achieved includes all the necessary tools to break each potential Iranian pathway to nuclear bomb. Further, it incorporates enough lead time so that should Iran change its course, the U.S. and the world can react well before a device could be built. A scenario I hope never occurs, but one that leaves all options on the table, including the military option. Many of my colleagues in the Senate will object to this historical accomplishment, saying that we could have done better. However, they fail to offer any realistic alternatives, and that's another point. When people say this is not a good deal, where was the GOP deal? And just we'll bomb their ass someday, like we have so many times before, which doesn't always solve anything. Hello, Afghanistan and Iraq is two examples, is not an answer. The only concrete alternative, should Congress reject this deal, he goes on, comes from my colleague Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas. 
He suggested a military strike. While the military option will always remain on the table, it should remain our absolute last resort. Our military and intelligence leaders have looked at the potential repercussions should a military conflict with Iran occur. That path would provoke retaliation and very likely lead to a nuclear-armed Iran in a matter of just a few years. For too long, our country has been engaged in military conflicts that have cost our nation dearly in blood and treasure. We must always be ready at a moment's notice to defend our country, our allies, and our interests. But we must also be willing to avoid conflict whenever a diplomatic option is present and possible. He goes on, I am optimistic. This accord is in the best interest of our nation and our allies. I am deeply distrustful of Iran's leadership. But to make peace, you must negotiate with your enemies. Any deal with Iran will not be without risk, but the risks associated with inaction are far more dire. This deal sets the stage for a safer and more stable Middle East and a more secure United States. We must seize seize this historic opportunity, and today we have secured the votes to do that. I mention him because he's not a name everyone knows. He's not on every talking head program, but he has the background prior to his senatorial career and as a senator with the access he's had because of the committee he has sat upon and because of his position as senator and also what is being held in the state of New Mexico that I felt coming from him even more so uh, warrants more merit because of his knowledge of this situation. I want to bring up a couple of other things that people keep failing to remember. The supreme leaders are 75 and 82 years of age, two of them. They will retire or die soon. The current leader, Rouhani, is a moderate and younger. 15% of Iran's population are under 19 years of age. They are growing up with a more westernized Google laptop smartphone mentality. The majority of Iran is youthful and moderate. It's people. As a matter of fact, there is even talk there will not be supreme leaders in the future because that's not what the people want. This is the time moving forward. The youth of Iran don't want to build nuclear weapons. The youth of Iran are not burning American flags, are not saying death to Israel. That's the older faction of Iran who, quite frankly, folks, are dying off. This is the time to make peace for that future, with that future. Because it's only that future that will be different than the present regime of Iran and will change the landscape not only of that nation, the Middle East, but our world. This is the best interest and the most common sense interest, in my opinion, for the Middle East. You you have a choice. Do you want Iran to have the ability to launch nuclear weapons at Israel in two to three months or over a year? That's the question you have to answer. If you say the latter, it's very easy. Then you want this agreement. My number is 8886, Leslie, your number as it is your show. Are you pleased or disappointed that the Iran deal now has enough votes to, to survive its way through Congress? 8886, Leslie, 8886537543. Does this assure the deal will happen? 8886, Leslie, 8886537543. What do you like or dislike about this deal? And if you don't support the deal, what's the alternative? Except for military action from Tom Cotton, we haven't heard an alternative. What's yours? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. 
What does this mean for President Obama's legacy? First health care, now this, and Cuba, 8886-LESLIE, and uh, the death of uh, Osama bin Laden, 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543. What does this mean for President Obama's legacy? This deal and opening relations with Cuba have been a stark difference from the Bush foreign policy approach. Which do you prefer? Has President, which do you prefer? Bush's style of foreign policy or diplomacy and changing our relationship with Cuba, Iran, and nations like that? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543, which do you prefer? And has President Obama successfully revived our reputation around the world after the damage that Bush and Cheney did to it? Has President Obama successfully revived America's reputation worldwide? President Obama was just voted one of the most influential and liked people in the world. 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543. The Republicans and the government of Israel spent millions trying to convince Congress... Break back to you and your calls at 8886-LESLIE and your tweets. Follow me there on Twitter at Leslie Marshall right after this. needed today democrats the president what do you think about it do you like the deal and uh, what does this mean now 888 leslie 888-653-7543 is uh, the number i'm very confused david in massachusetts i think you're on line three now and you are back am i correct you are correct hi how you doing good afternoon great thanks for taking my call and you know i'm confused too and ever since this whole debate uh, and dialogue started about this deal. What I don't understand is, for the longest time, we've been told by the Iranians that they're, they're spending centrifuges, they want nuclear power. And we've seemed to have supported that and said, okay, that's fine, nuclear power. But why would Iran even need that since they're sitting on some of the world's uh, most uh, all the oil reserves? And, A, number one. And number two, why would be such support of their nuclear power program when we can't put a nuclear power plant in this country? I don't understand. And the third thing is... Well, well, wait, wait, wait. Well, go, go, go ahead. You're doing uh, one, two, and three. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, no, 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 go, go ahead. Do your, your, your third. Okay. And the third thing is we've pretty much signed a deal with some lower-level Iranian diplomats. The guy who runs that country wants nothing to do with it. He's laughing at us. He's the Ayatollah. I'm sure you've heard of him. He, has, he doesn't want any part of this deal. So that gives them a way to not only benefit from the lifting of sanctions, thinking, oh, well, we signed an agreement, but turn around and say, well, our leader didn't sign it. He didn't like it. So I think it's a stupid deal. I think it's a bull bird doll deal. And I just, uh, you know, I don't like it. Well, there's a few things. First of all, the United the United States does have nuclear power plants. We have a number of them here in California, the state I live. There are nuclear power plants in Massachusetts where you live and I come from originally. You can just Google the locations of those when we go into the break after we finish talking to look that up with with Try regard to open you. a new one. With your, with your regard to uh, well, one of the re- one of the reasons they and that's not true in California they have a, they have opened new ones. One of the delays in opening some of the new ones is because of um, 
what happened at, at Fukushima and what they're trying to prevent from happening here in the United yeah, States. Don't put a nuclear power plant on an, on an earthquake fault. I agree with that one. Sure. That's a good idea. Yeah, but you asked the question. I'm giving you the answer. Well, the, 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 the second question is yeah. when, when you, you know, some people say Iran has huge oil and gas reserves. They have no need for nuclear energy. There was a piece in the, in the New York Times that actually breaks it down, and I'm not going to read the whole piece, but let me give you some pieces of that piece, okay? Iran's nuclear history actually predates the current government uh, in Islam. It actually goes back to the mid-1970s. At that time, the Shah of Iran unveiled plans to purchase several nuclear reactors from Germany, France, and the United States, and they were purchased to generate electricity, and they did it with Washington's uh, blessing. As a matter of fact, they had a government-awarded contract to a subsidiary of a German company called Siemens, which we know here in the United States, to construct two 1,200-megawatt reactors uh, in, in Iran. Now, at the time, the United States encouraged Iran to expand its non-oil energy base. There was actually a study by Stanford Research Institute concluding that Iran would need, at the time, an electrical capacity of about 20,000 megawatts. So in other words, this is actually something that we helped to push them away from was their dependence on oil and to have more of their dependence on this electrical uh, capability. And these electrical plants are fueled, fueled by nuclear power. We'll take a break. When we come back, if you have more to say on this and more questions, we'll go back to our caller and the rest of you holding. We'll be back to you as well. Don't go away. Talking about Iran, the president got the votes he needs today, number 34, with uh, Maryland's uh, Democrat female Senator Mikulski. And uh, talking about your take on this, uh, the plan will go forward. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. And uh, let's go back to David in Massachusetts on line three. David, go ahead, finish up, dear. Hey, thanks for holding me over. Okay. Uh, with respect to that New York Times article, I would uh, – I would say that, yeah, if we want to deal with Bashar of Iran with our ally and help them with their nuclear power program, that's fine. But as far as I can tell, Iran said nothing but death to America for the last 30 years. No, no, that's not Iran saying death to America. What that is, look it up. This is a reality. One, one of the supreme leaders has said that. Two, they keep using footage, old footage, of a group of Iranians burning an American flag, uh, burning a doll that looked like Barack Obama, and they keep using it over and over. And when I say they, the networks, especially conservative-leaning networks, keep using it over and over, even when it doesn't tie into any of the stories, uh, to demonize the people of Iran. Actually, the people of Iran uh, are a majority of youth, are more moderate-minded, and want to have a more Western way of life, unlike the supreme leaders. They don't run the country, though. The, the, but the they will. That they will. Ago, the a 75 uprising. and an 85-year-old man are only going to be able to run things for so long, dear. That's a reality. Well, my dear, I agree with that. But, you know, there's people underneath them, just like the Pope, kind of take their place. And they do chant death to America. Actually, the, cur- the current person who would take, if, in fact, he is the heir apparent uh, to the current Ayatollah, mm-hmm. is extremely moderate. Mm-hmm. 
well, God bless the world. I guess they won't want to destroy uh, Israel anymore. That would be great. But I don't trust By the way, why is it okay that Israel wants to destroy them, but it's not okay that they want to destroy I Israel? That that was, I don't think they shouted death to Iran any time. I don't think so. Benjamin Netanyahu has talked about striking Netanyahu Iran, even though they wouldn't be defending themselves. Netanyahu wouldn't touch them if they wouldn't make those kind of threats. And, and by the way, it's a threat. There's a big difference if I threaten to burn down your house versus doing it. And let me tell you why. The Iranians, if they were without this deal to have been able to build even one nuclear weapon in the next 60 to 90 days, Israel has thousands. They would make a parking lot of Iran. So in other exactly. words, their, their bark is much bigger than their bite with Iran. Well, Iran, that would is be great. Not, Iran is not going to attack Israel. It would be They might as well take a gun, put it in their mouth, and pull the trigger. That's why I think the Iranian deal is worse for the Iranian people, because you're right. If they even got a sniff of a nuclear bomb, you're right. Israel right. So without the deal, they would have it. So in other words, would you rather, would you rather them bomb Israel in two to three months or over a year? That's your choice. This agreement doesn't prevent them from anything because they know this agreement possible. delays the ability to build a nuclear bomb by about about a year you are absolutely wrong you are absolutely wrong oh i don't think so i don't think that uh, neville chamberlain got a good deal from the nazis he thought he did i think we're not talking deal. about that we're talking about this deal i want you to point specifically to what in this deal right. would not would not delay what was inevitable in 60 to 90 days, which is why they were so urgently pushing it through now. I can't, because you're right. The deal probably would, except for the fact the deal that we're does. not dealing with people that are trustworthy. The Iranian leader I don't think you understand. If I have your penis in my hand and can squeeze it, I have the control. And the United States and the other nations throughout the world that are watching have the ability to put sanctions back on. When your belly's been empty and then you have it full, you remember the pain of that hunger and that emptiness and you don't want to go back to it. Good talking to you. Thank you for the call. Do call again for my home state of Massachusetts there, David. Appreciate it. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Let's go to Cliff in Virginia, line one. Cliff, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. I, I think your previous caller clearly articulates why the Iran deal is so significant because what this deal has achieved, and it blows through all the fear-mongering and global intimidation that the right wing has waged on why Iran should not have a nuclear weapon with no plausible plan other than going to war. And I think the reason why the Iran deal is so powerful is because it demonstrates U.S. diplomatic power on a level that we really have not seen since the, the fall of the Berlin Wall. So it is the most significant diplomatic achievement for the United States since the fall of the Berlin Wall. So when you have people that are really being um, confused through propaganda that the deal is bad and not knowing the facts, not knowing that Rouhani, who is the, um, the leader of Iran, was a democratically elected leader under the premise that he would find pathways towards uh, financial prosperity for Iran, which is why Iran was so receptive to the Iran deal in the first place. And the second point is that the United States at no point in time did they ever say that the military option was not on the table. So those are two things that people need to realize. And, I and think like I said, it comes down to a sentence. If people are so afraid, and by the way, Israel is not like this mouse that can't defend itself. Right. Uh, but, you know, Israel has perhaps the strongest army next to ours, well, certainly the strongest army next to ours in the world, uh, the right. United States being stronger. All men and women are trained for two years when they get out of high school. 
uh, to fight in the Israeli army. One. Two, they have an incredible amount of money from us and weaponry. And three, they have a nuclear arsenal that rivals ours, and they're about the size of the state you're calling me from. So, sure. so when when we that that's one thing. What we what does it stop them from building a nuclear weapon? No. Does it delay it greatly? Yes. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather if there's going to be some kind of Armageddon in the Middle East, I'd rather delay it a year, if, if, by any means necessary, if you will. Well, I would definitely agree with that. And the the reality is is that what does Iran gain by building one bomb when you have several nations like the United States, like Israel, that have nuclear arsenals that could send them back to the Stone Age three times over? So there is no incentive for them to have a nuclear weapon, you know, or nuclear bomb. You know, the world community has rallied around this as a good path that's going to provide global security for everyone. And the right wing just doesn't have a plausible solution to preventing Iran from getting the nuclear weapon other than going to war with Iran, which would further destabilize the Middle East. Um, I agree with you. Very well said. Um, uh, thank you for your call, and uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, speaking in facts and not just, uh, you know, sound bites, a lot of political propaganda. Thank you, Cliff. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to David in San Francisco, line two. David, good afternoon. Oh, hi, Leslie. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, those previous callers almost got to the point where I would agree with them, except they're, uh, they're, too, they're still too stuck in the uh, rhetoric of the military-industrial complex. To me, what's going on is nuclear uh, uh, energy, as a general rule, is being laughed out of the economic sphere. Nobody in their right mind wants to invest in nuclear at this point, but the military-industrial complex is able to to bounce this uh, issue in such a way that they basically are trying to trick Iran into uh, buying nuclear. And when you look at a desert country like Iran, and you look at the requirements of water to keep those plants cooled, it is the stupidest idea that you could ever get into. Uh, if there was a drought, uh, and in fact there have been droughts here in America where nuclear power plants have to shut down because they've run out of water to keep the plants cool. And in fact, a heat wave in, in both uh, uh, Georgia a couple of years ago and also in uh, northern Illinois forced uh, nuclear power plants to shut down because the cooling ponds out and back were getting too hot to even be able to use as cooling uh, uh, systems. So when you, and then of course, if you look at Fukushima, where they have to go through 300, uh, yeah, 300,000 tons of water per day. And it can't be dirty water. It has to be clean water. And so when you look at a desert country that has to dedicate its clean water to keeping a stupid invention uh, uh, running, that's, that's moronic. And, and uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, the military-industrial complex is able to trick the world into thinking that nukes are a good idea. And, in fact, uh, if you look at both Japan and uh, Germany, they've both decided to, uh, well, Germany for sure, and to some degree the current prime minister is still trying to go nuke. But, uh, but Germany, uh, with a very strong economy, has decided to do what's called a feed-in tariff, 
and they're encouraging people to put solar on their roofs and uh, and create uh, electricity locally so that you don't have to to rely on a dangerous invention to uh, you know to warm no, your no, no question but I mean we're we're a much more uh, progressive and industrialized nation than Iran certainly the United States and we haven't gotten that far in our you know the majority of our in well, any of the of our 50 states majority of our states individually well, that's true, but if you look at uh, look at it just from the insurance policy uh, issue, there is not an insurance company in the world. You can't get Lloyd's of London to insure a nuclear power plant. No matter how much you pay them, you can't get them to insure a nuclear power plant. Here in America, the, insur- uh, the insurance on a nuclear power plant is us. We, the people, are the collateral. And no matter how stupid the uh, the managers of the plant are, we the people are stuck with the results of it. And as a matter of fact, out here in San Francisco, uh, we've got Pacific Gas and Electric, an established old uh, uh, power company, and they've been caught time and time again taking the safety money uh, and doling it out secretly, pretending to uh, spend it on safety, but really uh, passing it out as dividends. And they get busted time and time again, and nobody takes away their corporate charter because uh, of Dick Cheney's old energy policy. And if you look at the very idea that they've taken the safety money, like, for example, they, uh, they had a gas line that blew up a town of San Bruno uh, a couple of years ago. Turns out that for the last 50 years, that, that gas pipeline, they were pretending to maintain it, to study it, to check its welds, all of this sort of thing. They never did it. For 50 years, they never did it. They pocketed the money. They, uh, a few years earlier, down in, in uh, uh, Silicon Valley, they pretended that they spent $61 million cutting back tree branches, but they pocketed the money, and they ended up burning down a whole neighborhood up there. Okay, well, we have lots of listeners taking notes now, <laughs> and, and uh, I appreciate all of your uh, knowledge and, uh, and your take on this. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I, think, I think this deal is definitely better than no deal. Thank you, uh, David, in San Francisco. When we come back, we'll go to more of your calls. If you're holding, hang tight. You want to join us? When we finish with a call, your cue to call through a line available at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And you can also tweet me. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Uh, and uh, the, uh, Bunker Hill Bunny says the Dems were told to do this and the brainless uh, – and the brainless automatons they are, they comply. Not really. Not all Democrats were on board. Schumer, Menendez are two that were not. I'm Leslie Marshall. Back after Marshall, let's get back to those calls. Going to Syracuse in uh, in Syracuse is Paul Line Four. Hey, Paul. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Leslie. Got a few uh, questions and um, some statements, and more looking for information. This 150-page deal I hear is uh, not available to the media. Is that correct? 
The deal is actually not available to the public. That is correct. Okay, so the media does not have it either, right? None of us in the public, unless you are a right. member of Congress, the president, or his cabinet, are allowed to read all of it. That is correct. Okay, so guess we're going to go uh, on information that we hear in the media and also from what we hear from certain senators that have read this agreement. Well, well, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. Even though you're correct in that, think about it, though. Whether it's over 7,000 pages of emails released from Hillary's server um, or whether it is thousands of pages in health care reform legislation or any piece of legislation, whether it's the media or any taxpayer who votes, how many people are reading all of that? Well, I know, but... uh... Who has the most to lose or fear from the deal? Well, I think it depends who you ask. I think Iran does. I mean, clearly, right. because, uh, uh, Iran has the, has the most to lose from the deal, not to gain. Okay, and, and Israel, I'm assuming, is would have a lot to lose. Israel is fear. not a part of the deal. Israel would have only has something to lose if they're attacked. And, you know, I mean, I've lived in Israel. I lived there in 1996 briefly. If you look at just the, uh, the, the geographical location of Israel, Iran is not the only country or threat it needs to fear. It's just that for some reason we like to make Iran an axis of evil and constantly harp on that. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Unless Iran wants to commit suicide, they will not attack Israel. Because Israel okay. has the nuclear capability to make Iran a parking lot within a day or two. Okay, so I've uh, got a couple more things to say. Um, the uh, the deal obviously has been read by all the senators, and it, it's kind of looking to me like it's uh, long. Well, wait, wait, wait. We don't know that. I assume that. I hope that, but we do not know that. Left or right, Democrat or Republican. Arthur, the estimates already made on uh, how many are going to vote yes or against it. They already have uh, tallied, and today uh, the final vote needed, number 34, uh, to prevent any kind of a blockage uh, or um, an uh, an ability to to prevent any blockage from this passing. The 34th vote came through today by the Democratic Senator uh, Barbara Mikulski. Right. So those votes have been taken. Obviously, uh, they have read it. Well, they, I, they I, wait, I, wait, I have not. She did say she read it, correct? But I have not necessarily well, heard any, quotes from every single person any, supporting okay. it and every single person right. against it saying they've read it. Well, let's let's put it this way: anybody that came out and has a vote on this that has voted or will vote, I would hope that they've read the agreement. I would hope whether you vote. I would. I would. Everybody. First of all, they're all going to vote. I mean, I, I I would think, and they should. Whether they're for okay. it or against it, they should have read it. I agree with you. Okay, so if, it, so if they've already got this tally that's going to come out supposedly in support of the agreement, how can it be uh, so divided among political lines? Uh, don't we have those? Uh, uh, these people all have the same thing in mind as the, the future safety of... Uh, because they made this a political issue, just like most things in our country become divided along political lines. But this has not been divided along political lines 100 percent. There are some Democrats like Chuck Schumer uh, from New York, uh, also uh, Senator Menendez from New Jersey, who are against yeah. this. And is our, just about think all the Republicans against it? I'm sorry? Are all the Republicans against it? Yes. Okay, so uh, we have a lot of politics going on, number one. 
Number two, I've heard, I've heard the phrase allows Iran to have the nuclear capability in a year. Would you agree with that? It doesn't allow them. What it does is the time frame with which they could, in the most optimal circumstances, if the planets aligned, be able to create and construct a nuclear weapon, it would take at least a year to do that. But it makes it very difficult to do that with the preventative measures in in all areas, whether it's uh, just 24-7, you know, non-announced inspections. uh, As one example, uh, there are plenty of areas with delay. And, of course, not just the United States, but all of the international superpowers of the world that have agreed to this. This is not our thing alone. Um, At at the end of the day, um, you know, and you're talking about to build one. To build one nuclear weapon would take at least a year in optimal circumstances. So we're uh, two more things here. Um, where, if this deal was struck down, and let's just say, uh, you know, President Obama had a false face and decided it's not a good deal, where, how, where are we at with the United Nations in the agreement that's already been made? Well, that's already been put into place. I mean, there are sanctions that have already been lifted uh, as, okay. a, as a prerequisite to this deal. And quite frankly, the president had certain powers without congressional authority to do that. Okay, but the, if the United States is against this deal, there's not the United States. The United States is not against. The United States is not against this deal. The United States in favor of this deal, whether it's the majority. If they were against, where they were against the deal. The United Nations have already made an agreement on it. We're, we're all voted anyway on that end. Well, that's a, no, that's a good point, we, but we want to be a part of this, definitely, not just for the uh, legacy of o- o- Obama. I appreciate your call. i got to try and fit a couple more in, if I can, before the end of the hour. Uh, let's go next to uh, Zach in uh, New Mexico on line one. Zach, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make a point pertaining to uh, uh, what you said about Israel. Like, seems most people have a, a perception of Israel as this vulnerable country that needs to be defended. Uh, when in fact, yeah, as you pointed out, they do have nuclear weapons. They're perfectly capable of defending themselves. But they've also been waging a campaign of high-level targeted assassinations of Iranian scientists and military leaders. That, you know what? And that is correct. We're out of time, but we can always talk about this another day. I can't control time. If I could, I would. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to Mark and.